thing? It's on. Laughing. We're live. Welcome uh, to the podcast. Yeah. Welcome, guys. Well, this is uh, this is Joey and Tom's podcast. What what episode are we up to? I think this is episode one. Well, the first twenty three seconds of it, at least. Yeah, this is fresh off the, fresh off the bat. <laughs> we have no idea how to start. This. Well, not a lot's happened. In, not, a, not a lot's happened in our history yet. We haven't got any uh, precedents to set. Yeah, no. Talking about what we were talking about last week. Yeah, we can't even we can't springboard. There's no springboarding in this. So, um, I guess the the aim of the game, I guess, is to assume that we've got millions and millions of viewers straight off the bat. I think. Basically, for my confidence, it's probably the best thing we should do. Yeah. Otherwise, it just feels like two guys talking to a computer. Yeah. <laughs> and the computer is the computer is not responsive. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. It would be cool though if we, I don't know, for some reason, I don't know what genre of like chat we were chat we were throwing, but if we became like inexplicably. Um, popular in one country oh but like a really obscure country mm. oh yeah <laughs> nothing mainstream yeah. like lebanon or something like that lebanon, lebanon's pretty obscure it's not heaps <laughs> obscure what about like put two private school boys from sydney lebanon yeah, pretty okay. obscure. <laughs> well anything that's not like white and upper middle class yeah. is obscure for us then <laughs> we are having this conversation in manly which is the whitest place in the whitest country Ah, oh, yeah, definitely top five. <laughs> what about what about like Iceland, yeah. where like it's it's you have to question how they even came upon it in the first place because they don't have the magic of the interweb. <laughs> but it's also like and all the, uh, the Iceland. Blo- Iceland isn't on the way to anywhere. Mm. Like it's a destination. It's definitely it's not a, a it's, stopover. It's not even. It's so, only been a destination since that movie came out. Walter Walter Mitty. <laughs> But you've got to learn how to skateboard if you want to go there now. But yeah, Iceland, well, there's the Iceland-Greenland discussion, which is always, it's greener in Iceland than it is icy in Greenland. No one knows the answers to those questions. No, exactly. I think we'd have to moderate the topics big time toward like Eskimos and seal. Yeah, I don't don't know enough about Inuits to have a full conversation about them. No. Not without getting into some really bad racial stereotypes. Yeah, I wouldn't want to speak for them either. No, exactly. No. Okay. (laughs) Well, let's cross that bridge from get to, okay? Well, this can be the Iceland of podcasts. Okay. Nobody goes to this podcast on their way through to something else. It's always a destination. It's a dead end. It's a destination. (laughs) It's where dreams go to die and hopes and love. Exactly. Oh, dear. What's been going on with you? Um, oh, not too much out of the ordinary. I've been living a pretty, um, a good, um, a good existence. Well, you moved house recently. Yeah, no, I did move house recently, which we're currently sitting in. It's very topical. Yeah. Um, which is delightful. Oh, oh, yes. I can tell you about an incident that happened last week. (laughs) (laughs) I sort of feel bad talking to you about it, um, given the pain that someone else had to go through for me to come upon this story, but (laughs) (laughs) I was at Woolies I was at Woolies on a on like a Tuesday night. It wasn't too late. It was like 7 p.m. Yeah. And I don't know if you go to Woolies on the regular, but in the nut section, they have these... The free d- serve nut section? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so they've got a DIY section where you basically pull the little Ziploc bags out, mm. of, the, out of the bunch and, and push the little tube and, and nuts come out. And I, I was buying 
rolled oats. Just, yeah. you know, they're really cheap. 50 cents like a kilo yeah. or something silly. Important for living out of home. Something yeah. silly like that. Yeah, exactly. When you live in a place like this, <laughs> you got to scrimp. You got to skimp on the nuts. <laughs> yeah. So... I filled it up and I got my value for money because of how bloody cheap they are. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't stress the cheapness enough. <laughs> your oats per cent would be high. Yeah, big time, big time. So, fill them up and notice that, I don't know, Woolies must have gone through some hard hard times because <laughs> the zip blocks, you know how you get those like, really, you know the sandwich bags from like kindergarten? Yeah, that yeah, had the yeah. Fat like yellow. a glad bag. Yeah, 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 glad bag. They had the fat yellow and red um, yeah, zip, the zips that were like, locks. Yeah, yeah, you'd yeah. have to be a retard not to be able to do it properly. Anyway, Wool- Woolies didn't have that. They had the crappy little like um, non-existent pinched together zip locks <laughs> things that you have and they, they sucked. And I spent, I admittedly, I spent 30 seconds trying to put it together properly so that what I'm about to tell you wouldn't happen. Anyway. Did you double back? No, 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 no. So you didn't think it was just a situation with this bag. You thought all bags might be like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm also not made of minutes, so. (laughs) (laughs) So I get to the counter and a lovely guy by the name of Ron is standing there. He's probably like 45. Yeah. um, Doing the checkout. And he waves me through and I had way more than 12 items, but he was a nice guy, as I said. So he he, he let me through. You're one of those assholes. Yeah, but no, but not in a bad way. Because Um, you're really time poor as somebody (laughs) in their mid-twenties. My time is more important than your time. going through the supermarket at seven o'clock at night. Exactly. (laughs) I had to get home and not take care of any kids. Exactly. (laughs) So I put the oats down. Oh, yeah, the oats down with the rest of my stuff. Um, Not thinking about it too much. You know, I'd bought other stuff in the Mm. meantime. Wasn't, you know, front of mind. Yes. Put him down. Ron, lovely old guy. He's got a moustache. He would have been a bit of a pedophile looking guy, except for the fact that he was just doing his job. I can't, I can't have say you what he's So He wasn't wearing glasses. That's probably But it. this is what, not to interrupt, but my thing with people who look like pedophiles, like I'm all for civil liberties and for things like that. Because we're not, civil liberties every, every, pedophile, like pedophiles. every pedophile that ever comes across the news looks like a pedophile. Well, As you might, have, you might have. I know it might be a kind of a self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what if we just screened all the guys that looked like pedophiles? I would lose half of my check friends. If they were pedophiles. What? So I assume just... most of your friends aren't pedophiles. <laughs> we not. I also Without assume... slandering most of your social group. That is also an assumption that I make. <laughs> and I most hope I'm not don't wrong. hang around with kids. Well, I think you'd find there'd be trouble. Like you'd you'd spend all this money just dragging pedophilic. Is that a word? Looking people into a room and just shaking them out. But there's not that many people who look like pedophiles. Oh, I don't know. Maybe we have different opinions on what looks like a pedophile. (laughs) For now, let's assume that Ron wasn't a pedophile. Okay. And we can just let him go with that count, that accusation, (laughs) that wild accusation. Ron vaguely looked like somebody who could look like a pedophile. Yeah, vaguely. If he had glasses on, he was wearing like a black trench coat and he was hanging around the bloody school. I don't know. If he only stood in shadows. Yeah. So, he... I was just, you know... You know, having a little yarn to him, whatever. He was a nice guy. He he, about halfway through the you're a bit old for him, so yeah, yeah. yeah I wasn't I wasn't in danger. <laughs> he pulls the rolled oats from the little conveyor belt, and when he does it, my oh, bad no. zipping has come into play, and about a kilo. <laughs> I mentioned the bulk buying a kilo of oats go flying over his head, potentially down his shirt, onto the counter in front of him and down into the little bagging area on the side. I'm talking like raining rolled oats oh, no. everywhere. And 
that wasn't even the tail part. I sort of said, I just reacted by going, oh, 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 oh you've, done it, you've done it now, Ron. But I don't know, it seemed that, that like excitement that a funny thing had just happened sort of got <laughs> overpowered by my concern because he didn't, he seemed, the way he re- reacted to it, it seemed like he had some serious stuff going on in his life. Like it wasn't the first time that oats had been thrown over his head. No, well, potentially. Or it might be. Knowing the bag. The oat that broke the camel's back. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Um, He was on the edge. Yeah. He didn't didn't go, ah, crap. He just (laughs) stood there and looked blankly into space for like five or ten seconds. And when you're in that situation as me on the other side of the counter, five or ten seconds is a pretty long time. And I was like going, holy crap. It was enough time for someone, the the 20-year-old girl or 17-year-old girl on the other counter to come around and go look at him and go, oh, God. Run, as it happens again. Just the fury of a thousand suns burning through Ron's eyes. Seriously. A lifetime of regret and remorse all just conglomerated into this but one also, incident. with the problem-solving skills of somebody who's 45 and works in Woolies, just decided not to do anything about all the oats on the ground. I was, and it just was freeze like a rabbit in the headlights. I didn't, exactly. I didn't know whether to be concerned <laughs> that he might seriously snap and go on a killing spree or really, really impressed with his self-discipline because it seemed, he, I knew he wanted to. But he didn't. So, and for that, Ron. But do you I'm, think? I'm, thank you. Do you think he was angry with you or angry with himself? Did he acknowledge that it was the poor ziplocking of the bag? You know what? I've or replied, do you think it was your efforts to ziplock the bag that were short of what was expected? I've thought about this <laughs> for two weeks. Okay, I don't think he thought it was my fault. I yeah. think in his head he might have been like, "That guy is a fucktard," but. Knowing his job is full of dealing with fucktards, yeah. he'd been like, it's not his fault. He's just a fucktard customer. Okay. So not he, me he, you just think he has a generally lower opinion of society than most others would. Big time. So did you pay by cash or by card? Um, in that, in, I paid by cash. Oh, then. smart. You didn't, you didn't swipe a rewards card or anything like that? Nah, he didn't no. actually charge me for the half bag of oats that was there. <laughs> I'm just thinking... In I felt a little of, guilty for that. I'm just thinking... Because <laughs> I might do it again. If Ron does have the shits with you. Oh, okay. And, and was actually just sitting there and fighting the urge to strangle you that Ron might come back two months later and kill you in your sleep. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That's... Because well, now you I will. You sleep close to the front door and your house is pretty much street front. Well, I'm not going to sleep anymore, am I? <laughs> <laughs> Knowing these facts have come to life. No, but I think, you pay with cash, so that's all fine. I think if Ron would have struck out at me, he would have done it by now. You reckon? He didn't seem like the kind of guy that would play games, mental games. The sort him. of guy who has the self-control not to react to a kilo of oats falling over him for 10 seconds. Yeah. You don't think he can wait more than a week and a half to <laughs> okay. react. You're making me rethink all these things. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what to feel about it anymore. Um, but yeah, I got out of there with some cash, a bit of change in cash. And half and a bag of free oats. Half a bag of free oats. Which worries me that now that we're sharing this with a million viewers, everyone's going to go into Woolies and start throwing bags of oats around. Wouldn't that be awesome? Don't do it, viewers. If it, if it turned I mean, out, listeners. listeners. <laughs> wouldn't it be awesome if it turned out two years from now? 
just an epidemic of oat throwing in shoes <laughs> at like supermarkets throughout Australia. <laughs> Guys, it's a serious problem. People are purposefully not ziplocking their bags, just waiting for people in their mid forties to fuck up and throw oats over themselves. There would become a like mo- a government um, funded movement against like checking the bags. You have or to be poor like quality zip bags. Oh yeah, or you'd have the you'd have the um, the bags behind like a. Uh, a grill like cigarettes and spray paint is. <laughs> How old are you? Or have a- you handled a Ziploc bag before, son? <laughs> yes, there's... of course I have. <laughs> <laughs> I ate sandwiches all through, all through high school. Okay, just this once. Some huge legislative change <laughs> regarding the use of Ziploc bags. Fuck ISIS. We have a serious <laughs> problem here. The real scourge of society is poorly Ziploc bags and loose oats. Because if we can't control our oats, how can we control our people? Well, you can't expect your oats to stay cheap for too much longer if supermarket attendants are constantly throwing them over their heads. You're right. I'm going to edit this whole section out. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing I want. Fame and fortune through a podcast Just would not, would not add up to <laughs> roll oats at 50 cents. A bag. <laughs> anyway, I thought I'd tell you about that topic, just that, that incident, just because it, it provided me with oh, a lot of happiness that night. No, I understand. Has anything happened like that for you recently where someone else has hurt themselves or been... been... Uh, haven't, haven't been through too many oat-throwing scenarios lately, I've got yeah. to say. Yeah. Uh, my life's been pretty mundane recently. I've, oh. Or... oh, boy. <laughs> Well, that's not true at all. I can't wait to see how this turns out. Mundane in the sense that I've been recklessly spending what little money I have at the same time as resigning from my job. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Bold strategy you've got there. Yeah, it was was essentially like, hey, Tom, look, come on. You're not saving any money. Why don't you buy something like a used motorbike and quit your job? Oh, okay. Yeah. So when it got to the point where you realized that you weren't making any serious ground saving money, Mm. you decided that like what little effort you were spending trying spending trying to do that yeah. was just not worth it. Well look and you decided to complete to do the complete opposite. Yeah, exactly. Well okay. uh, up until two hours ago I had a job which brought me little to no happiness. In fact it probably did something in the opposite direction. Yeah, right. And I compensated for that by recklessly spending on useless items. Okay. Well, we, we've heard of, um, of retail therapy. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is like retail therapy, but for really, like, it's not like I'm buying myself nice clothes or buying <laughs> things that I'll be able to use for a long time. Yeah, not, not worthwhile items. No, no, no. <laughs> not something that would, well, gosh, I'd appreciate. Not even really. At least be useful more than a few times. Not even really fulfilling experiences. So, like, one of my more recent purchases <laughs> on my eBay addiction was... Oh, here we go. The joys of eBay. <laughs> A Bluetooth shower speaker. <laughs> which I recommend. Oh, them. hold on. I've seen them and then they're, they're well and truly worth it. Oh, look, it's the best. Is it the one? It's the best use of $8.70 you'll ever do. Because <laughs> you got to dodge you on. You're going to get electrocuted. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'd recommend it to all listeners so they can listen to us while they're naked in the shower. But That um, would bring me a lot of, a lot of oh, joy. Yeah. Just knowing that people were naked and listening to us would probably be... Well, it's close to the most action you've had in a while. Shout out to yourself if you are naked, currently listening to this in the shower. <laughs> so yeah, to those three listeners, if one of you could just start stripping off, that would be fantastic. Give yourself, have you, are you working off a 33% woman, <laughs> woman to male relationship? Uh, re, um, listenership? I'm not picky. I am not picky. Okay. <laughs> to the two guys who are listening to that naked in the shower, you can tickle yourselves for us as well, okay? 
But yeah, the, no, the most recent purchase is, um, so I've had a few motorbikes, well, you'd know. So yeah. for the listeners at home, Joey, myself, and one of our other friends have decided to start our own motorcycle gang due to the uh, recent decline in the number of motorcycle gangs and the influence of motorcycle gangs in New South Wales. And also the disappointment at how motorcycle existing motorcycle gangs act. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, they're they're them- bringing down the reputation of motorcycle gangs. Like all this dodgy meth that they're selling and standover tactics and collecting debts and things like that. It's boring. Well, it's boring, but it's also not painting the motorcycle gang group in a great light. Like it's not it's really. the one they call themselves the one percent, but they're probably like twenty percent of motorcycle gangs. But still, wait, who calls themselves the one percent? The the poorly conducted the oh right one percent one percent yeah. I think we should outlaw motorcycle gangs. I think we should differentiate from the one well, percent of. Well, yeah, we could be the in-law motorcycle gangs. Yeah, yeah, we'll... we'll As opposed to outlaw motorcycle gangs. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah. There's a lot of security in there. So, like, we we ride to coffee shops. Yeah, I'm wearing my... In, like, nicely sort of populated areas. Yeah. Buy coffees. Yeah. Yeah. Tip them a little bit as well. Yeah, sure. You want to be welcome back. Exactly. You don't want to have to go and collect your debts later on that day. I wear my L plates. Yeah, exactly. That's for sure. Well, there's nothing like saying learn or like a big yellow L. I'm trying to go over 90Ks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not comfortable that with that. just be reckless. Well, I've actually noticed, speaking of that, that um, prior to me owning a motorcycle, because I, I also just bought one similar to Tom, which was another questionable decision giving, no. given my financial situation. But <laughs> one given that your I... 50 cent oat situation. <laughs> yes. Um... I previously had this perception of motorcycle riders as, you know, the one percent, the gangs, the right? reckless, the meth dealing, yeah. you know, beat up little children. I don't know why that, why that would happen, but beat up little children gangs. But now that I am one, I'm wondering, do I exert that feeling onto other people who oh, see me riding you the bike? Pushing some sort of outward perception of yourself that you're a terrifying person. Not should I, but do I? Because I ride a bike, do people automatically associate yeah, with me? Yeah, maybe you'll, maybe you'll do it inadvertently. Do people like, think without I Without any effort on your own behalf, people start being mm. terrified of you and start walking on the other side of the road. And It's a good yeah. point. I mean, not when I'm not on the bike, hopefully. No. I haven't changed physically <laughs> <laughs> much. <laughs> but do people have this opinion of me that I know to be false? So I know that I'm not a gun-toting drug dealer. Yet. 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 I haven't had the bike long. Look, it <laughs> It'll only, happen. It only takes a few months of 50 cent oats before you start resorting to secondary streams of income. Yeah. It's like, it's like gay marriage. Soon, <laughs> yeah. everyone, soon everyone's going to be fucking Next them. everybody will be fucking <laughs> their dogs. It's the slippery slope <laughs> argument, which is the best argument. It is. It it's is. the, we don't have any logical reason to refute this. So we're just going to take the most extreme example of this and apply it. But it is a gateway crime. This is sure right. Riding a bike. But motorcycle <laughs> riding is the pot of society. Maybe motorcycle riding is... T- they're all like gay marriage. Maybe it leads to that. Oh, Maybe, the two maybe that's what... There is a lot of leather. <laughs> yeah. There is a lot of suspicious <laughs> amount of... A lot of that's leather. it. Mm. And the common cheros are really just some large homosexual group of people. Yeah. You know what they call the gay community? But no, they're not happy enough for that. They're called bears. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm well, not a bear. 
I, I live in an area which is quite highly populated by a lot of gay men. Like, I live quite close to Oxford Street, which is yeah the gay centre of Sydney. And Sydney's one of the more queer cities in the world. Definitely. I think it's, like, top two or three after really? San Fran, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, but, definitely our Mardi Gras are. Yeah, exactly. But well, Mardi Gras. That is, by far and away, one of my favourite nights of the year. Yeah. As far as atmosphere that. goes, you cannot beat Mardi Gras. Yeah. I mean... Like, Everybody's out there having a good time. There's very few dickheads. Most people there are pretty tolerant, pretty liberal people. Mm. It's not like you ever see rallies against gay marriage turning up to Mardi Gras. They just know that the overwhelming amount of happiness there is not going to come close to what they're... You know why they don't go? Because they're probably thinking that they'll have a good time. Or they might catch it. I've heard that a lot about people who are anti-gay marriage. Yeah. But seriously... Hey, if you take your shots beforehand, you'll be fine. But why the... I, the thing I don't understand about people who are anti-gay marriage... We're turning this uh, light-hearted conversation yeah. into quite a deep one. Yeah, this got... Yeah. Which I'm happy this with. This got political quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so one of us will storm out in tears yeah. <laughs> But I just don't get... Why the fuck does it affect you? No, I know. Um, I actually had a conversation with someone about this quite recently. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, I, I I think it's because if you think that marriage, them calling their ultimate form of love marriage, mm. will deteriorate from your own marriage and you might... Yeah, it's going to detract from your experience. Yeah, you're going to be like, oh, well, I'm married to my wife. And now it's cheaper. These two gay guys other people do are it. also married. <laughs> I cannot believe this. Yeah, exactly. It's like what I did... 25 years ago with my lovely wife. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even count. <laughs> but it's just bizarre. Like, it I is bizarre. I don't get that amount of hatred. Like, if you love something so much, like, I don't know, if I enjoy something, if I go to a movie and I like it, mm. I turn around and I tell all my mates, hey guys, yeah, saw this movie. Not your gay it's friends. Awesome. Not your gay you friends. You should go and see it. <laughs> I don't sit there and go, oh, this, this movie was amazing. Let's just keep it to me and a certain kind of my mates yeah. and not tell anybody else. So yeah. that way it's even more special. Yeah, exactly. It's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but uh, I think it reflects more on their own happiness in their marriage as yeah, opposed to anything true. else. This anyway, um, yeah, I don't think there's too many people left who are still clinging to why it's such a horrible thing. I think you'd be surprised. Like, uh, I would be I, surprised. You know why? Because no one ever comes out and says, fuck gay marriage. Oh, exactly. Fuck gay marriage. Oh, I forgot I can swear on this podcast. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> the, <laughs> the irony is that if any of these conservative guys ever did fuck someone in a gay marriage, they would be the most terrified, scared people in the world. You mean great. if they were forced to? Oh, or fight. I think it's Fuck. I did so far. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> okay, we'll end it there. But yeah, I don't know. I work in a pretty conservative... Well, we both work in pretty conservative industries. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. At least your professional life has been within a, a little bit more of a, a professional setting than mine. Yeah, maybe. Man, I work in construction and you would be amazed at the opinions that come out at lunchtime. <laughs> no, it's free reign. Yeah, exactly. So, think, yeah. of the, think of the most socially unpalatable opinion you can possibly think of <laughs> and yell it in a crowded yeah, place. Exactly. And yell it with the, like, the courage of your convictions where you think that you couldn't possibly be wrong and that you will never mm. be wrong. Mm. Surely people who are opposed to gay marriage by now are starting to get the idea that it's going to happen. 
Well, surely they just like yeah, of course they're. It's like segregation. It, it must come to them like oh shit, we're losing this battle. Like who, but, who wants to be the last racist? Well, you know, nobody wants to be the last guy standing going yeah, they should sit out the back <laughs> of the bus. Like yeah. Nobody wants to be that last guy sitting there going like, nah. No, they can't get married because it'll reduce my happiness, no, the sanctity the, of my It'll union. be the domino effect. Once you get a certain number, oh, they're gone. But that's the thing. It's already happened. The dominoes are falling. Yeah, yeah. A large amount this of is them like, are falling. This is like a bell curve of, of dominoes. So yeah. it gets narrow and we're getting wider and then it'll get really fat. We've got a lot of people to tip over. And then once you tip the middle bit, and then over, the last few dregs of society who refuse to let go of there, that'll be a bloodbath. Oh, Wait, are we killing them or just changing? Their, are we killing them or just changing their minds? <laughs> just social cleansing now. Mm. Our incredibly liberal agenda is now turned incredibly horrible. Well, T Mac, one thing that you won't have to worry about is whether or not you will be um, needing to or oh, having the right to a gay marriage because. You've got quite a good-looking girlfriend. Yeah, she's pretty cool. I'm worried about where you're going. Come on, mate. I'm really worried about where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is something that I wanted to know from you. It's not a a bad thing. It's a great thing. Yeah. So, yeah, your girlfriend's good-looking. We won't say any names. She has other qualities, but she's also good looking. <laughs> Sorry, I actually didn't mean to say she's good looking. I meant to say she's a, she's a good girl. Great, great girl. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're pretty good. Oh, uh, look, I'm batting above my average. I know. But I figure that's the whole point. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, the idea is to find someone better than you. Big time, big time. But, I mean, then nobody, she... Nobody's sitting there going like, oh, yeah, I found this woman and she is so average. Mm. Like, she makes me feel so good about myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sort of brings me to my question, which is um, because, I mean, you're a good-looking guy. And... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Time work's taking its toll. Oh, I'm blaming on the full time. Can't wait till I'm a full time podcaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh god, endless, endless exercise and yeah. Lucky we're venturing out in this super lucrative world of uh, podcasting. Yeah, um, but you're, yeah, you, you are definitely punching above your weight, and I firstly want to congratulate you on that. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks for being less attractive than my girlfriend. It's <laughs> an awesome achievement. When well, you put it that way, <laughs> well, when you think about it, before you were dating um, this this woman, you would have said, "Fuck, I want to date a really good-looking girl." And that's true. Looking back, how many Look, I, how I many feel months, like, years? Yep, you've done it. I feel like I set a goal and achieved it. Yeah. My, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, how do you think you did it? About what meeting someone or having a girlfriend or meeting uh, someone? The whole thing. The whole thing. How how did it occur? How did you? I mean, I don't think I'm not going to give. I'm not going <laughs> to not give you enough credit. Details. <laughs> I'm not going to give you enough credit to say that you planned the whole thing. <laughs> but how did you trip your way into this situation? Well, like so, I met my girlfriend after a fairly solid period of singledom. Yep. Um, I actually met you through one of the girls that I was seeing at the time. Or well, that's not true, actually. I'd met you before, but yeah. I was seeing one of your good friends, one of your long Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking about a completely different one. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of them. One of them. <laughs> it's like, oh. Uh, like, <laughs> this is actually. It's Too many funny. choices. <laughs> you stud you. So 
I've always had this theory, and I've actually told another friend of ours um, who now works for the federal government down in Canberra. The federal government? That um, I actually, I have a theory. <laughs> and Lay been, it on me. It's been <laughs> developed. It, it was developed over a period of time and a lot of observation. A period of beers. Yeah, a lot of beers to come up with this theory. I'm ready. But my, like, so I was, I was somebody for a while who... Saw a few girls, but wasn't in any meaningful relationships with them. Okay. And I observed a lot of my friends around me getting into relationships because I'm not sure if you're aware, but getting into and getting out of relationships is addictive and it's contagious. Um, if you're somebody in a social group and yeah. all of you, say, you say you've got five mates and you're all in relationships and one of them breaks up with somebody. Mm. The dominoes, so many dominoes falling in this podcast. Yeah, right. But the dominoes will fall and being single is contagious. So, oh, you say, you're saying not for yourself, as in you'll catch the disease of... No. If well, you break up with someone and get together with someone, you'll do that a lot. But you're saying it's contagious between cir- circles, so... I'm, I'm saying if your mates start becoming single, you see the benefits of single life. Grass is always yeah, greener. Yeah, because they're loving it. And it catches on quickly. Right. Uh, uh, obviously, after the initial depression period. <laughs> yeah. The world is <laughs> <Whoa>. ending. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. But yeah, no, so, like... I was in this, all my mates at the time were single and uh, I met this girl, I met a... This is one of my friends, right? No, 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 this is my my current girlfriend. Right, okay. So I met this girl when I was out one night and there was a whole bunch of common friends and we got chatting and we got along really well and that was fine. And (laughs) one of... I got along really well with a beautiful girl tonight at this bar. How was, <laughs> was, how was the night then? Oh, it was fine. <laughs> it was going pretty well. and so it, was, it was okay. I'm indifferent as to whether I went out or not. So I met this girl and I had a, we had a common friend who was also at the bar. Mm. And one of the girls in their group that they were all out with got completely blind. She was off her trolley, spewing in the bathrooms. It was all over. And I'd actually driven that night because the goal of the night was to get... My, I was actually a wingman that night and I was trying to hook up one of my other mates up. Yeah. So I decided to drive so he could drink. And then this girl has lost her shit and started spewing everywhere. And my friend has come up to me and said, oh, could you please give, let's call her Nat. Could you please give Nat a lift home? Okay. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, she's not in a good state. That's fine. I was going to say, let's call her. Fioma. <laughs> Different girl. So we're dropping... Oh, okay, okay. We're, we're, dro- we're dropping Nat home. Nat. And not Nat the girlfriend. and Nat. my friend Caitlin is in the car and my other friend Matt, who I was supposed to be wingmanning. So all four of us are in the car. Nat is vomiting out the window. We drop Nat off at her place. This is not girlfriend Nat. No, no. This is completely bizarre girl that I've never seen since. So dropped her off at her house and... Caitlin, my friend, has been like, okay, now can you drop me back at this apartment where I'm staying tonight? And I was like, yep, not a problem. So we're in the car and she said, how can I repay you? You've had this girl vomiting in your car. You've gone home early, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay. A big blozzer. (laughs) Not that aggressive. I'll do anything. (laughs) So I did a deal where Caitlin would get me Fioma's number. Oh, you can have a little bastard. Yeah. And... I would drop the drunk friend home and I'd drop the drunk friend home and that was going to be my sort of bonus for the night. So I'm driving home with my mate Turkey. Wow, this is really this is really sort of like 
underhand, not underhanded, but sneaky. I, I feel like uh, it, I mean, it all worked out alright in the long run. But if it hadn't, yes, it could come across as very cunning and you might have perhaps been, a little bit dishonest. You might have wound up being one of those pedophile suspects <laughs> we heard about before. Oh no, 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 she was an adult. It's oh, fine. Thank God. Thank God. Um, but yeah, so but, but you're we're not, driving you're, home. You're an opportunist. And, yeah. Oh well, I I take my chances when they come for sure. But yeah. But uh, so we're driving home, and I get this message saying. Here's Fiona's number. Uh, I should warn you that she doesn't make the first move. Ooh. Yeah. So I've been driving home with my very drunk friend, Turkey, who wingman him <laughs> has not gone so well. Drunk Turkey does make the first move. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting there like trying to come up with an idea of what to text this girl who never makes the first move. And Turkey is being less than useless and just being blind and singing along to the radio as I'm dropping him home. And uh, so I've... Dropped him off, not got any help out of him, and I'm driving home, and I finally come up with an idea. <laughs> I've pulled over on the side of the road, because <laughs> safety first, guys. Yeah. And I've, uh, I've sent her a text saying, do you not make the first move because you don't like to, or because you don't have to? Ooh. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good Nothing like Nothing like trying to take her down a notch yeah, exactly. for being good looking. Yeah, it's... <laughs> There's nothing, there's nothing wrong hey, with bringing think, it back to reality. You think so Or good at least planting the seed of doubt. It's an underhanded compliment, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's, it's essentially saying, hey, you I've, do it, like, obviously you don't have to make the first move because I, I assume you have guys coming up to you all the time. But do you do it because you don't have to or because you don't have the confidence to? So we could read, oh, yeah, it's a, mm, oh, Which is, ooh, in hindsight, ooh, in hindsight this sounds is, a lot more manipulative than it was like, intended. This is like inception levels oh, of. Oh, no. Like, saying this out loud sounds so This terrible. is like so many levels of psycho- psychological manipulation. <laughs> oh, it sounds so terrible out loud. Oh. That wasn't the thought process at the time. It just sounded oh, like sure. a good line. That's even worse. This well, thing comes so naturally to you. Well, here's the thing. What I didn't know was when my friend Caitlin sent me Fioma's number, she actually sent the message to Fioma instead of myself. What so message? The oh, message here's, of, here's Fioma's, here's Fioma's number. number. I should warn you, she never makes the first move. So, Fioma's got this message at least now from her some, friend at, with no prior idea that I'd requested her number saying, and then she's just gone, so Caitlin... Who the fuck are you giving my number yeah, out to yeah, and telling them that I don't make the first move? So she's already scared, but at least she has some context of what you were talking about. But So I had no knowledge of this and I wasn't privy to any of this information. Mm. So I, what I think I'm doing is I'm messaging one girl. In fact, what I'm doing is messaging five girls who are all really drunk Sitting around a table Best way with to a do bowl it. of wine. Best way to do it. Responding to one guy driving home after having a chick's view in his car and dropping off his Yeah, but that's mate. cool because if you're, if you're throwing some good chat, you're going to get instant, like, um, what's the word? Um, like, the friends are going to instantly love you. Oh, that's true. Well, I did have a few allies in this group of friends. Pre-selection. Yeah, I did have a few friends within this group of girls. Oh, so, so you've already got a couple of good words in there. Yeah, yeah, I had some, I had Tom, some allies behind this, enemy lines. Who's this Tom guy messaging me at midnight? <laughs> ah, he's an, he's an okay guy. Just okay? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, and long story short, it's worked out for the last four and a bit years, and it's going well well but, uh, mate I'm glad that worked um, yeah but the, but the message is be incredibly manipulative yeah right things will work out fine okay okay yeah um, how far do you think the um, the the canyon is between you and her on the scale of 1 to 10 
Oh, look, I have a lot of self-esteem issues. The reason I ask, I won't, make, I won't make you answer it, Tom. The reason I <laughs> ask is if a gap is close enough or towards one end of the spectrum, yeah. I think the settler will pull up the reacher to higher than they were before. Oh, oh definitely so. But on the other hand, if the gap is big enough and towards one end of the spectrum particularly... The reacher will just make the settler the the, the better one. Shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do you think? I agree with that. Do you think Fiona is making you better, or you're just bringing her down? I'd like to think that the gap isn't that big <laughs> that I'm being brought up a bit. But right. this is the way I see it. So, all right, listeners, if you head to our website right now, <laughs> you'll see two pictures. One's a woman, one's a man. You be the judge. You pick the reacher, and you pick the settler. <laughs> but no, I, th- I like to think of it this way. If you're trying to catch a little fish, yeah. if you're going fishing and you try to catch a little fish, you use a small amount of bait, don't you? Yes. If you're trying to catch a very big fish, you use a smaller fish. Are you leveraging women against themselves? <laughs> this is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening here? My point I don't is know what's that if you date a hot woman, other hot women sit there and go like, oh, she's attractive and she's dating him. Attractive women must be attracted to that guy. Yeah, but you can't. Maybe he's attractive and I just don't know what attractive <laughs> is. Maybe everything I've ever thought about men is wrong. Oh, God. <laughs> so this is my theory. But you can't eat the big fish when you're eating the little fish unless you start. No, but you don't have to. That's my point. You slowly, so you use a small fish to catch a, oh, small, a slightly bigger fish. You use that slightly bigger fish to catch an even bigger fish. So, Tom, you and finish eating, you're dating a supermodel. You finish eating the small fish and discard her skeleton. Trade up is her, the message. Trade up. Her bloody <laughs> remains in the gutter and move on to something better. I'm really not coming off good on this podcast. <laughs> I'm coming across as the biggest arsehole. Right. Oh, we're going to have to do at least 100 episodes to change viewers or listeners' opinions. On yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Every word you say is like, 10 more episodes of, <laughs> of redeeming yourself well I've got a sort of um, story on the other side of things I, um, I'm not in a uh, happy relationship Yeah, I'm not in an unhappy relationship with no one yeah. sorry I'm not in an unhappy <laughs> relationship with someone you're just in a relationship with no one at the moment yeah I mean I just, I just am in a situation where um, I don't have a girlfriend but it does bring me to the joys of being single mm. and dating because yeah. I mean, I'm 24 now. I'm the age where hypothetically a guy who's single or a girl who's single would probably go on a fair few dates. That's true. Although dating is a kind of a weird thing. Well, it's a, it's a pretty broad term. Well, and I mean, pretty country can mean very different things. Okay. I don't mean, like, I, the I don't mean dating like, in India where you meet your wife the night before your wedding and maybe have a drink with her or something. No, but I feel like in Australia, dating means something very different to what it means in America. Well, this sort of... Yeah, well, dating... Okay, for one, the word dating has lost all meaning. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can be like, oh, so what's with that guy? Oh, we've just been out on a couple of dates over the last couple of weeks or months. Oh, so you're dating him. No, 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 no. We're not putting a label on it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not rush into anything. Who said anything about the D word? <laughs> so the word dating is a bit serious now. And yeah. it's made me, making me think that the word marriage, after like how many 50% of people now get divorced, they get married. It's a bit higher in Australia. It's about 66 in Australia. Okay, fine. 
fine. <laughs> but is that going to lose all meaning too as well? Eventually. Well, hey, we just signed a legal, uh, legally binding you, document. You're starting to sound a lot like people who are against gay marriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I've been figured out. I've been figured out. Your hidden agenda's up, mate. <laughs> okay, enough of that. Um, dating is kind of a funny thing because um, I don't think I'm too bad at making conversation with girls. Um, yeah. And just, you know, I can get along well with more or less anyone as long as they're not absolute... Cunts. Cunts, yeah. <laughs> Let's use the correct term. Let's use the correct Cunts. <laughs> I didn't know how else to describe it. My, <laughs> my large vocabulary. Um, so I've found this. Normally you associate like awkward moments on dates with um, silences. Yeah. If you don't even just Because let's face it, you're just talking for like four hours. I don't know. Let's say yeah. two hours. Two hours to someone you've never really met before. Nor do you know like what they're about what hobbies they're into. I guess what, but that's what you're the difference between the start of a relationship and a four year relationship. <laughs> yeah. Because I'll happily sit there with my girlfriend and not say anything for 20 minutes and we're both pretty happy. Of course. That's because you've gone through that initial fucking <laughs> date situation. What I'm saying is we, we are doing other things by the way. We're not just both sitting there <laughs> staring at each other for yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> There's just sobbing and crying in the middle of it for nothing. No words. Tears of love. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't have moved. It's your fault. Uh, okay. So, so normally, normally the silence is the awkward part of 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 dates when you haven't really met someone before and you haven't got that much to say. But I've found recently on all the dates that I've been on. Don't get me wrong. Not not every both of night. them. Yeah, both of them. <laughs> I can, I've got a linear, I've got a, I've got a trend line here. The, the awkward parts are when you just keep talking the whole time. Like it's a non-awkward. Just verbal diarrhea. Yeah. And it, you just yeah. like, you feel like looking up from each other after about 10 minutes of talking about absolute rubbish and just going, can we stop talking about this? Where you feel like you'd be better off just cutting and running. Well, not cutting and running, but just being like, can we cut the bullshit? Yeah. I don't give a fuck about this conversation. Would we rather be just be doing something else? Like, I wish you could just skip the part where you don't know each other and skip straight to the part where you yeah. ask really in-depth and delving questions. Well, you could either talk about something serious or... Like, tell me about that time your dad touched you. Well, maybe not that serious. <laughs> That's pretty serious. But something along the lines of, you know, what do you actually think about a certain thing? Oh, we've got a guest. Oh, we've got a guest. <laughs> Our first podcast and we have a guest. Everybody welcome PB. Hey mate, how are you? What are you doing here? Joey, Joey's housemates just turned up, guys. Um, to all our listeners we're, we're currently recording our first podcast. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so mate, yeah, yeah, how's things? Uh, good. Yeah? Um, yeah, work. Yeah. <laughs> how's uni? Uh, I'm not at uni anymore. Finishing it last year. Oh really? So I didn't mean to say what are you doing here. I just thought, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, know. I should mention I am in PB's house at this point. Joey, I thought we, I thought we talked about this. He is not to be in here. <laughs> Uh, dude. So wait, wait. Oh yeah, nothing, nothing. Conversations on dates. What I'm saying is, yeah, I get. I think it's awkward for me when it's like an, it's a it's a non-silence. It's it's too much talking. Um, be, just because you feel like it's the right thing to do to not have any silence. It's like maybe when you want to go like eat some food and I don't know. Yeah, let's say I, it's, let's say it's a burrito. It's kind of messy. You just yeah. want to just be silent and get the job done. But I think that's a big 
danger with people like us who just talk a lot of shit in general. Um, like, I feel yeah. like, like of, of our friends, you and I are quite big talkers. Agreed. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> who told you to talk? <laughs> We're generally people who fill conversations. Now I'm really interested if I talk too much. Oh. We are having a podcast. Oh, no. We're just talking. <laughs> this, is just a, this is just a bloody ego wank <laughs> into a computer. <laughs> Not to shatter the glass of your life. Oh, okay. Like, I feel like you and I are the sort of people who fill a lot of dead space in general conversation anyway. But at the same time, I appreciate a good silence. Yeah, that's true. Just so the audience knows, they're both holding each other's cocks right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's up, he's up. But no, I know what you mean where you're sitting there and you feel like... Because you're obviously on a date with somebody because you like them and you want to get to know them. Yeah. The conversation can be counterintuitive to actually getting to know them. You're talking yeah, about yeah. such superficial you wanna, shit. Yeah, you want to talk to them on a bit of a, a, bit of a realer level. You want yeah. to get to know them a little bit and you can't really do that when you're talking about... I don't know. The rain or something like that. <laughs> well, let's hope no one not talking about the weather, necessarily. <laughs> Hasn't got that bad yet. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be sc- scraping the barrel. But the thing um, is, a yeah. lot of those early conversations, you're just getting a, like, a base knowledge of that person. Yeah, I agree. Which I understand facilitates why, a deeper I understand why it happens. On. And really, you're just talking to each other to get a feel for what you're both about. Yeah. yeah. But, but the other side of the coin is, if you can't hold a... Con- like, say you are just talking about shit and that person still can't sustain a conversation. Hmm. Oh, you're in trouble. That'd be trouble. That means if you did date them, you could never, ever, ever go to a party and bring them along. Yeah, well, you couldn't lead them on their own. No. Like, you couldn't feel like you could turn up somewhere and just be like, oh, yeah, Fiona's here. (laughs) (laughs) Fiona's a good... (laughs) She chats a lot. And just leave her on her own and she can do her own thing. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much the number one criterion nowadays for me. Yeah, no, and that's not, a, not, yeah, being able to be someone who can party. Yeah, exactly. Sustain conversation with people they've never met. Mm, mm. Yeah. But that's a pretty big factor of life. Like, that's a, that's a pretty important life skill. Yeah, I feel. it's not just for my enjoyment. I hope no. that this girl's also got the ability to sail through life not drastically impeded. Unassisted. By her, <laughs> by her yeah. <laughs> Like hand handheld everywhere. Yeah, your presence should be complimentary, not a necessity. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, I thought I'd just throw that out there that if you, I've evolved to a situation where it's not the trouble of making conversation; it's mm. just giving a shit. Yeah, and actually caring about the conversation. But I guess that's the determining factor of these mm. relationships or these dates. And you also should want to get to know them enough that you can. You can put up with the, uh, or maybe not introduce a name shout at the start, but even if there did happen to be a crap topic. They can talk shit. Yeah, they could just have a laugh about it, or you cared about knowing them enough to plough through it. But I feel like a lot of that inane conversation at least gives you a background into who they are. Like, because these are people you don't necessarily know that well. They're someone you've met through a friend, or be, someone you've met when you're pedophiles. Or, yeah, they could be terrible pedophiles, which should be screened. But, uh, like... <laughs> <laughs> if I was living in my perfect world mm. but like that's you've got to get to know them like the last thing you want to do is meet someone get to know them really well and have this really deep conversation and they turn out to the next date in like a white hood or something like that yeah like you you should probably learn that that early stuff quite on like if they're sitting like I think yeah, they mentioned that I think people should be up the back of the bus and you're like <laughs> oh this isn't gonna work yeah yeah <laughs> So I was throwing on my white hoods in the laundry the other day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe you're at a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> yeah. 
I can't, are they allowed to sit in the same room as us? God, we really shouldn't have got Japanese at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> they must be hating this. <laughs> yeah, that's how, I think that's how it would weasel its way to the surface pretty quick. Yeah, that's mm. true. Mm. Speaking of, um, speaking of racism and, um, sweet transition. Yeah. <laughs> this is not even a slight. What, what a segue. I, Speaking of terrible people. It got me thinking about this. Speaking of like racism and, and <laughs> being offended. I was kind of offended on the way home today, mm. which is pretty hard for me to do. Yeah. Um, hard for me to be offended. I don't, well, being PB. Are you sure it's hard being offended on the way home? You do cycle to work. Oh, yeah. He means motorcycle. True. He means motorcycle. <laughs> no, he doesn't. The plight of the cyclist. Admittedly, I don't do it anymore. I love it. I would still do it, but I, don't, I didn't wear any Lycra. I wasn't, Lycra, I wasn't there yet. Yeah, see, I, I'm a cyclist. I am a... <laughs> oh, you put, you put it in now, baby. <laughs> I've come out now. Up on. I've come out now. One day I'll live in a world where two cyclists can live together forever. Yeah, but in a completely platonic way. Yeah, of course. No, <laughs> we wouldn't want to yeah, discourage cyclists from getting married to each other. No, or wouldn't that devalue marriage? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but no, I I am a fully lycra-clad cyclist, mm, mm. and it's a tough world to live in. It is. It's not easy. Well, not only are people just pissed off at you, but they go out of the way to try and yeah. uh, bring your death. Oh well, they, to you. well, did you see the thing today? There was a thing in the paper, Mark. Bosnich. Is it Mark Bosnich? Uh, I'm not sure who you're talking about. Soccer coach. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Former Socceroo, played for Manchester. Yeah. Probably one of our better soccer players in history. He just, like, flipped at a cyclist and, like, put him in hospital. Like, intentionally drove into the guy. See, people don't really think about it. They're like, oh, this cyclist has just come by and hit my car. Um, I'll I'm going to do over. the same to him. And you're yeah. like, well, not really an even transaction, is it? Yeah, it's kind of like bringing a spear to a gunfight like well it's kind of like having someone slap you on the face and then shoot them well it's more like bringing scissor paper rock to a gunfight <laughs> like, except the this is a rock is going to win every time because <laughs> the car is going to win every time rock, rock does win every time <laughs> rock does win that is a scientific fact rock wins every time <laughs> but yeah it's tough life it's same tough sort of thing it's but a tough yeah, gig it's, a, it's an uneven match yeah but I drove past this shop on the way home that you've probably seen. There's one in uh, French's Forest. There's also one in uh, Mossman. Um, People that... Places where everybody usually drives through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. But maybe it's because of that fact exactly that this place is called White Lady Funerals. <laughs> and I was just like... That didn't get me. That didn't get me. I'm amazed there's no White Lady Funerals in Cameltown. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, first of all, I was asking, I, I legitimately wondered whether it was originally just a funeral for white ladies. <laughs> they only did white lady ones. Well, it's just a hangover from the 50s. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, you know what made me think that as well? You know what the tagline is? A woman's understanding. Oh, as so if, it's sexist and racist. Yeah, well, so, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like as if so men... So really, they, the next thing is they need to be homophobic and they got the trifecta. <laughs> big time. They've got the intolerance trifecta. they got a really big... That, <laughs> that last guy, that last racist we talked about, he's going to be there for sure. Imagine if you're... If his mum dies, Imagine if there. you're a black gay man and tried to get a funeral there. And Jewish. Oh, how hard would that be? <laughs> Fuck. But it's like a woman's understanding is if I, as a man, don't understand the seriousness of death. 
Yeah, you're right. The the plight of the white professional male is just a really big issue. Hey, I'm not trying to say it's bad. You're you're a real minority. I'm not trying to say... (laughs) How is your life? How tough is your life as a professional, young, private school educated, middle class motherfucker? (laughs) Tell me how tough your life is. It's tough. It's tough, okay? (laughs) Joe, I dare say if you're a black man, you'd be complaining more about the... But I don't understand the plight of... The fact that yeah, if, if you're a black guy, I don't think white lady funerals would be an issue you would have. I think that would unless, be pretty unless, far down the list. Unless that black guy's mum died and they offered the cheapest funeral rates, but she couldn't be, she couldn't get um, the funeral service because she oh, was she a had white to pay lady. Well, she's dead, so I'm assuming it's not a big issue of hers. You know what other else they had? They had prepaid funerals. What? So, like, you buy your own funeral? <laughs> Good question. Or you invest in your relatives' funerals before they die. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, it's like, oh, I've come upon this big lump sum of money. What should I do with it? Oh, we'll get the necessities out I'll, of the I'll way. I'm buying everyone a funeral. <laughs> you guys are looking pretty ripe. Yeah. Uh, oh, Dad's got that limp. He's <laughs> buy a funeral. <laughs> My sister coughed the other day. <laughs> Better be careful. Do you have a five for one, five, five person yeah. discount? Buy four, get one free. <laughs> you know we do. <laughs> free uh, reception. The, the good one. deals offered by white lady funerals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But maybe someone's really a really sad person is is sort of like, oh well, I'm pretty sick. I'm not, I haven't got that long to go. Or maybe not sad. Oh, maybe I just you were saying when they're sad, they're gonna knock themselves off, and they're like, oh well. I should sort out my funeral. Like, no, no, no. I don't, I don't want any more inconvenience to my family other than killing myself. No, I meant something. Other than the, <laughs> the loss of hope and the like, complete and utter despair they're going to have when their son, brother, and no. father kills himself. Look, that's a bit serious. Um, but let's take away that inconvenience of organising a funeral. I, so, for a sick person, a sick old person, who knew that they were, um, didn't have long left, yeah, they just—they had a bit of money. It's just a sort of a, a generous thing to do for your family. Just be—I don't want them to worry about anything. It's oh, yeah, all that, set up and It's really considerate. Mm, well, it kind of is because I imagine planning a funeral is quite a an ordeal. Like you do, you you're dealing with all these logistics when you don't really do want to deal with like logistics. Most people organize a funeral in under a week. Well, I assume, I, assume, I assume. I assume. As somebody who's never organised a funeral, it seems to be more a reactive thing than a proactive. Yeah, thing. but I assume that there's they're pretty good at setting these up on the, on the fly, like yeah. really quickly. Well, it's probably like a package thing. Yeah, like yeah. you go to them and they're like, "Oh, you can have this funeral, this funeral, or this funeral." Yeah, because they know that any logistics that you have to deal with, like a couple of days after someone close to you has died, yeah. you don't want to know about. So, someone who's pre-planning for themselves is quite considerate. Feeling yeah, that's wise. true. That's very nice. But then you get, well, at least you're getting the funeral you want. You're not getting the funeral somebody else wants. True. Like you can plan the music. What funeral would you want? Oh, I don't think I'd want a funeral. Really? I'd, yeah, I'd want to just skip straight to the wake. Like, don't, don't worry about the incense and the prayers and the hymns and things like that. I can just go straight to the part. Just like party. a 21st. Okay, so... I if want you... my funeral to be like my 21st. I want... Everybody have a lot of alcohol. About halfway through, somebody gets up and talks shit about me. And then at the end of it, everybody claps. Somebody skulls a whole bunch of beer. Someone throws up. Somebody skulls a whole bunch of beer. And then everybody just parties out the rest of the night and until the cops turn And up. your dad takes his pants off. Yeah. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Not again, dad. 
Can I take you anywhere? But I reckon that'd be the best way to have a funeral. Like, okay, okay. Because the funeral's about all the other people enjoying it. Surely by the... Like, you're dead. You're True. not getting any enjoyment out of this. No, no. You're, you're gone. Yeah, so other people may as well have fun. Unless you believe in gay marriage, in which case you have this afterlife that you've got to look forward to. Yeah, but I'm also pretty... So young. don't believe in gay marriage. <laughs> have fun with your afterlife. <laughs> Yeah, we'll all just celebrate Tom going to the world of infinite ways and no work. <laughs> infinite virgins. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's for a minute assume that you do have a funeral because you won't be there to I think it's a fair it. assumption that at some point it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So, A, what... Okay, let me, let me paint a picture for you, a little <laughs> scenario that's, inc- that's very unlikely. Your... F- Everyone you know, for some reason, comes to think that you are dead when you're not. Okay, so I'm missing. No, you confirmed dead, but you just aren't. Okay. You, you fucking... No, I fake my own death. Yeah, but convincingly. Okay. So that there <laughs> was no... As all those unconvincing... As in, they got dead. like a severed body that had your dental records and... Oh, right. It so was like, like orchestrated. It wasn't properly planned. Well, yeah, but there was no doubt in your yep. family's mind, is what I'm trying to say, yeah, that yeah, you yeah, are yeah. in fact dead. Yeah. What do you think would be said at your funeral? Sorry, this is the first one. This is unrelated. Fucking this, is un- this is unrelated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it sort of, it sort of isn't because everything that you've ever heard of people's opinion of you has more or less been said straight to your face. That's true. Unless someone's come to you and said, "Ah, oh, like, like, I heard some shit. I heard somebody. <laughs> I heard some shit." He said your mum's not even that good of a cook. <laughs> I heard you were bringing your girlfriend down. She wasn't bringing you up. <laughs> I heard you were the reacher. <laughs> so what's the question? So the question, so the question is, this is not related to you faking your own death. This is just like, what do you think people would say? Yeah. Good, good guy, shit bloke. Glad I'm actually, wasn't that good mates with him. He's well, actually, can we all agree he's actually a bit of a cunt? I'm kind of lucky that in being Australian, most people after they die, everybody just forgets the fact you're a cunt. Oh, that's true. And they just sit there and they just only say... So you can always tell if someone was a cunt after they died if people don't say a lot of nice things. If it was just sort of like... Yeah, right. It was like, oh, well, he always tipped. Mm. And, and they're he drove really a nice car. trying their hardest to figure out yeah. anything to say. Look, he nice drove car. a nice car and he made a lot of money. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, he was all right. As opposed to like, oh, you're such a nice guy. Until he did elaborate stories yeah, about exactly. things that you've done. Yeah. So you can usually tell how shit people were in the lack of nice things they say about you as opposed to the wealth of bad things they say about you. Right, okay. So no matter, like, luckily being Australian, if I die, people are always going to say nice things. It's just how many nice things. Oh, okay. What the so it's, it's more a question of how many nice things oh, they're going to say. Okay, what are the averages? Tell me, you're referring any other parts of the world are more honest about the people who have died? Oh, I think they're more honest in the sense that, like, if somebody's a cunt and they die, a lot of people seem to, especially the more famous they are, like, the more, like, I'm lucky in that I'm not famous. So if I become famous, people are more than likely going to be like, yeah, that guy's a I can't believe the shit he oh, did. Big time. Did you hear about that time he manipulated his girlfriend into dating? And he admitted it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like the more famous you are, the the more horrible things people can say about you. Whereas, oh, no, the less the, famous you are, people the more people are actually going to express the, their real opinions of you. Well, yeah, well, they feel more comfortable doing it because you're and less more, of a person and more of a figure. And there's more, yeah, there's more people out there who don't know yeah. you, but there's know not a, you. it's it's less of a reality. 
reality in what they're saying. Like nobody's gonna turn around and go, well, I hope not. Like, oh yeah, dad was a cunt when he dies. I reckon there's gonna be a crusty old person at <laughs> someone's my funeral or your funeral <laughs> who's not gonna hold back. Yeah. Like well, one of your mates from uni or something who's going to be old, they're going to go to your funeral one year old and just be like, never liked it. Never but, that's, liked but that's what I'm saying. I want that, not that horribly, but that in a sense at my funeral where people aren't afraid to say yeah. ridiculous or stupid things that I did in my life and don't just beatify me. Yeah, Tom, that's true. Tom still owes me $1,500. One of you guys is going to... the executor of Tom's will because... Let's sell those three broken surfboards that he has and get my fucking money back. We're going to sell that free reception that he yeah. got. <laughs> yeah, that shitty motorbike that he drove to the Southern Islands to pick up. We want to sell that and get out. Never came back from. It's coincidentally how he <laughs> yeah. died. Oh, how good would that be? Well, at least I died doing what I. Okay, like. my real question for you, Tom, is, uh, which brings me to the to the family thing. You're dead. You're not actually dead by yeah. some weird circumstance. Would you go and watch your own funeral? Nah, don't care about that. <laughs> What would you do as your first thing to reappear? You want to reappear eventually because you like your family and oh, friends. Oh, like a resurrection. Yeah. What, yeah. Oh. what would you do? I don't know if I could you, do something you've been, super you've been handed a situation where you could do something incredibly elaborate. Yeah. And have a lot of fun with it. And also freak a lot of people the fuck out. I feel like it'd be way more fun to be like the person in the... Like I'd do it over a period of like three or four months. Yeah, so yeah. I'd want to be the guy in the like I would when everyone, find my friends and family where they're up to at this point 10, 20 years down the track and I'd just pass them in the street yeah yeah or I'd be the guy just haunt their the memories bus. haunt their memories like, yeah, just like constantly like I think I saw this person days, you've been saying that for 20 like, years I swear we saw Tom like I swear it was him like walking it by me so on the, like at the bus stop like it just looked like him it's like, and people were like no you're crazy you have no idea what you're talking about like, and it'd be just like like not to compare myself to Jesus but, but you realise what like you're doing Jesus right now came out of the tomb yeah but he only waited three days yeah, true. I'd wait a couple of years at least. I'd enjoy my anonymity for a while. So basically what you're saying to me Life right now... debt for a while. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what you're saying to me right now is that you would put all your family and friends into a mental institution. No, 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 no. I would just get them on their toes. Oh, it's for I them. Just, it's not I just for my, get them back on their it's toes. It's not for my enjoyment. It's for their <laughs> savviness. But then you know what I do that would really fuck them? <laughs> I, mean, I finally did come back and say, this is hi guys, turns out I'm not dead. I'm still alive. <laughs> like, yeah, I swear I saw you on the bus. Like, no, that wasn't me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and be like, no, no. Crazy. I've been, I've been living in this little town in Nicaragua for the last 20 Just years. Just go back like, no idea what you're talking so about. So weird. I thought all <laughs> you guys were dead. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. But yeah, that's that's pretty... Did you happen to check where we all lived before? That's Didn't difficult. think of it. That's a pretty terrible thing to put your family through. Horrible. Horrible. I was going to say like, rock up after one week. And like, just pop up in the surf next to your mate and be like, hey man, turns out, anyway, not actually dead. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. That dude with my exact dental records, not me. <laughs> oh, got you there. Oh, fuck, what a terrible person. Do you think that it may be one of the only times in life that you could get away with streaking? You wouldn't get away with it. You'd get, you'd get away with it and then over on the middle. Get away with what? Wait, streaking. Explain oh, that. streaking. Well, I've got away with streaking in the past. I've been on national television streaking. Explain how you get away with it though. First, everyone would be like, that guy's streaking. Then everyone would be like, that guy's meant to be dead. And then, what? And then oh, you like, think that's how you do your like, welcome back to society. <laughs> and you get naked as a footy. Day. Hold yeah. on, but let me get this straight. So, oh my God, we thought he was dead. 
He's not dead. The he's fact, naked. The fact, and he's running across a national rugby league game. <laughs> so the fact that he was thought to be previously dead exonerates him from this crime that he's done. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, you were meant to be dead. Man, you're free to go. And as someone who has a relative history with streaking, I feel like if they did see me streaking, they're like, oh, that's fucking Tom. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? I know that. I thought that, I know that was, was dead. A while ago. <laughs> Because I've got a pretty solid history of streaking. Like, I've been on national television streaking. I didn't, I didn't know about this. Yeah, I was on uh, Hamish and Andy. Don't mention those two. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Hamish and Handy. Hamish and Handy. Hamish and Handy decided to come and play. Our, list, footy our listeners out there might, might recognise those names from a <laughs> sub, <laughs> substandard podcast. So, Hamish and Handy were deciding to do 24 sports in a weekend and they came and played touch footy with us and so naturally you get naked well we were sitting there and there's like 20 guys and we're all playing touch footy and a mate and I realised that we weren't getting a lot of time on the field and he kind of wanted to be on TV (laughs) so he was like I know how to get their attention he was like hey how about we get naked and run through the middle of this thing and then we'll definitely be on TV. And we were both pretty fame hungry at the time. We're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a As opposed to now when we're doing the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Two, three people. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was like, yeah, let's do that. So we got naked, ran through the middle of the game and I just, we had no end game. Like we'd gotten <laughs> to the point where like, yep, we'll get naked. Yes, we'll run through the middle of the game. <laughs> Done. What we would do after that, just no idea. By the time you started thinking about the third step, oh, the clothes were off and you're already running. Yeah, yeah. wheels were in motion. Where's Andrew Simons to give me a shot? <laughs> oh, God. Well, funny you mention that, because what happened was we got about halfway through the field and Amish has decided <laughs> that he's going to line me up and tackle me. So I've got pretty big shoulder guys. length curly hair, no gear on, running. I had footy boots on, that's about all I had on. And there's this fantastic set of pictures. Where you can basically see myself and Hollywood running through the middle of this game. You can see the exact moment he gets a burner. You can see the moment where I realise that this isn't quite a good idea. <laughs> and it's when you see Amish lining me up and I've just gone, oh no. <laughs> and I've tried to half-heartedly palm him while still covering <laughs> my frankenbeans. And he's just collecting me completely. You've got to keep your integrity when you're on national TV. He has completely got me under the ribs, lifted me into the air and put me on the ground. And I'm lying on the ground, legs stretched. (laughs) Frank is there for the world to see. Where's the camera? Going down Main Street. All of the cameras have flooded in to take (laughs) photos and video this whole thing. And I'm just lying on the ground and I was just like, what do I do? And he's sort of gotten up, helped me up. And then I was like, Oh, I'm running to those bushes. So we've completed <laughs> I've run to where my mate's sitting and we've finished the nude run and we're putting on our clothes and then all of a sudden we've got like three producers that come streaming in and they've got all these Sign like, this document. Yeah, we no, will use your can penis. Can you sign this release? Can you sign this release? Can you sign this? I was like, we will use your penis for something. And I was like, could you at least just not show my penis <laughs> <laughs> to the rest of the world on the most popular television show in the country? And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's right. We can't show your penis <laughs> anyway because it's a family-friendly time slot. I'm like, okay, fine. Like, <laughs> turn up to work. So this airs on the Sunday night. Turn up to work, which was at a private girls' school. <laughs> <laughs> on the Monday morning and all the girls are like Tom we saw you on television last night and at this point I'm just going well there you go 
as my future employer with this school. <laughs> ah, there you just go, it wasn't me. I was, I've been dead, no. I've been dead no. for a week. And it must have been that dude who looked like <laughs> me. <laughs> but yeah, it so also has a really nice penis. The end story was that it all worked out in the end. They put a star over my penis, which made mm. my penis feel like a little bit of a hero. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I won best best obscene display of nudity at the end of the year for the Footy Club's awards. Fantastic. Well, at least your penis got a little bit of uh, notoriety. Yeah, well, at least somebody's famous out of all of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, should we leave it there? Small part of you is, yeah. Should we leave it there? <laughs> On the note of my famous penis. Um, <laughs> my yeah. penis is 15 seconds of fame. Absolutely. Um, do you have any uh, closing, closing words you'd like to say? I would like to say a quick thing. If anyone out there wants to call in and tell me uh, <laughs> the major plots of the podcast serial without me listening to all 15 hours of it, please do. I know this show isn't live, so you that, can't that's, the, that's the benefit but of if you have my, if you ha- actually have no ending. If you have my number, please call me. Well, yeah, no, I just... Ladies. Like, yeah, I just see you guys all next week, and uh, hopefully it goes better than this week. We can cover a topic span as great as gay marriage, nudity on national television, and I think we've covered it all for. And how to manipulate women into four-year relationships. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk after this. Uh, Hurricane number two is about to hit Sydney this weekend. Yeah, true. Well, we can, I'm uh, going somewhere where it's going to hit the worst, so that'll be a delightful holiday scenario. I don't look forward to hearing about that. Well, I look yeah, well, to if I survive it. it, we'll see you guys all next week. Thanks, guys. Catch you later.